this theme song brings music to my ears, guys. Literally. Literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's our favorite show I'm on very Disney+. Excited. Plus. Yeah, but. It's literally our favorite Star Wars iteration in the past few years, right? Uh, for me, I put it right up there. Right? It's it's the first three, and then the Mandalorian. Oh, the original trilogy, the original and, then the trilogy Ma- and then the Mandalorian, guys. High praise. Wow. High praise. We have an wow. actress from the Mandalorian, guys. We're excited yeah. to bring her on. She plays the armorer, the, the female armor. Mandalorian, guys. Actress extraordinaire, Emily Swallow. What's up, Emily? We have to give you that uh, stellar introduction, a little bit of theme music. Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. How are you guys doing? Pretty we're good. good. Well, Emily, wow. we got right, we're good to go. <laughs> we're excited only because we have season two already in production, so we cannot believe that we only have, gosh, just a few months to wait yeah. for season two. Um, what can you tell us about season two so far? Um, I know you can't say much. I mean, it is a Star Wars fandom and universe, but and they will kill you. And what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is? Like, and what is the future of the armor? Looking out the window to see if there are any Disney drones flying by. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you anything more than you already know. Okay. All right, well, let me ask you this question: How does it feel to have your very own Funko Pop? Oh my God. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, that your own action yeah. figure. That's got to be the coolest. Um, I think the very coolest thing happened today, though, when my parents, who live in Florida, sent me a picture of my dad with the life-size armorer cardboard cutout that he bought on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> they didn't tell me they were buying it. They just sent a picture, so they've got me as the armorer just hanging out in the living room. Very cool. I'm just, that's yeah. so fucking awesome. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Emily, uh, Star Wars is such a huge fandom. Uh, how, how has it changed, uh, I guess, uh, now that you're part of this amazing uh, fandom with just some of the most uh, devoted fans across the world? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, it just it makes me so giddy because um, there there's truly, like, so much joy in the fandom. Like, there's passion and of course you know there's things that are like very hotly debated and mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. theories and stuff but by and large I just feel like and and maybe this is also partly because I'm uh, in a project that the fandom seems to universally approve of but there's just so much joy and exuberance and like all the fans that I've met so far at conventions and the people that I've gotten to talk to online are just such sweet people and so talented i'm amazed at the fan art and all of the cosplay and i had a fan um at a convention in portland who made me an armorer helmet oh that's so I oh, have wow. an armorer helmet now so i guess that means you didn't get to keep your helmet when you were done filming i did not no that is a pricey pricey thing oh. <laughs> hey well you know demand to work in the future contracts yeah so I got a question. I got a question to work uh, for you. So obviously, you know, the dedicated, uh, the Star Wars fans are super dedicated, etc. Do you get questions about the universe? As in, like, how often do fans come at you and ask you something about like historical background or whatever that they expect you to know because they see you as that person? Um. They ask me that a lot. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. Do you got like a, a, a favorite question or the weirdest one you remember that somebody like expected you to know about the Star Wars universe? Um, 
Um, it mostly has to do with like where the armorer comes from. Um, they expected that I, I would know that I would have been told. Yeah. Um, but I really wasn't wasn't given anything. Right. I was sort of left to to decide as I wanted. I I do know lately there's been something circling online about um, Darth Maul and a, a connection to the armor. This is this is a big fan theory lately. Mm-hmm. That'd be um, kind of rad. And it's sort of funny when you like again. I'm I'm going to talk about my dad again. Yeah. My dad sent me a link to the article, and he was like, "Hey, I didn't know this. You didn't tell me about this." And I was like, <laughs> "Dad, I have I have no idea if this is true or not." <laughs> so how you, much? How much? Uh, post things, and they sound so. Uh, they sound. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. That could totally be the case. How much? Uh, how much backstory did they give you? Like, how much did you know before you started the? Uh, before you started the really role? not much at all. Um, I was mostly given. Um, kind of reference points outside of Star Wars, more like for the feel of it. I, I mean, one of the things that John talked about from the beginning and, and one of the things that I think makes the show so great is, you know, wanting to recapture that feel of the original three movies and this kind of like Wild West part, you know, outer regions of the universe. And um, and for the Armorer, we talked about this... Uh, this code by which the Mandalorians live and how she's the keeper of that code. And so he gave me some references outside of Star Wars with uh, like samurai warriors and looking at Kurosawa films and um, that formality and the, the sacredness of the order of things. Um, and that was really helpful. Um, it was how- helpful in thinking about like how she moved and, uh, and how she carried herself in that, that group of Mandalorians. Nice. That was my second question. So if they didn't give you background, how much freedom did they give you to develop the character? Were you given like strict parameters like this individual is X, Y, and Z, or did they say, you know, sort of, you know, we want this broad concept and you can play with what you want to do inside that? Yeah, it was more the latter. I mean, I think that they That's really so awesome. responded to what I did in my audition, and we kind of built from that. And what I was told when I went in <laughs> was very little. Um, but I knew that she was a leader of a group of people in hiding, and it said she was very zen-like. Uh-huh. And so from that, I decided that she probably um, was very simple in her movements. You know, she didn't 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 make a lot of like sudden moves. And I, I'm a very very fidgety and, and <laughs> gestury person, and and uh, so I had to contain all of that because it felt like she would be a lot more still and a lot simpler. Um, but it was, I mean, one of the coolest parts of it was getting in there at the beginning of shooting because we shot episodes one and three at the same time. So we were working with um, Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow, and cool. we were kind of all of us who were in these Mandalorian um, helmets and armor, we were all sort of discovering the movement and how it translated on camera at the same time. So we would try things, and Deb and Dave would respond to that. And, I mean, the first scene in, uh, that I have with uh, Ben Jaren in, in episode one, um, that was really where we, we honed in on what the movement should be for the armorer and um, what translated, what didn't, what was distracting, because you, you learn very quickly that when you, when you can't see your face, um, when the audience can't see your face, they're looking at every other part of your body. So if you move something else extraneously, the focus is going to go there. Yeah. So it was... It was uh, it was a way of working that I'd never gotten to do on camera before, and that was really fun. 
I was curious how the audition process goes when you're auditioning for a character like the armorer and even as the Mandalorian himself, because for the most part, you you have the mask on. Your acting kind of <laughs> has to... Uh, you got to Power Rangers yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to exude yeah. your abilities beyond the mask, so to speak. How does that work, and how did you do for that for your audition? Well, the audition, um, I did know going into the audition that, that it was going to be a masked character, but they the audition was really just like any other um, in terms of how they shot it, because uh, you could see my face. You know, I just sort of chose a very simple um, kind of jacket, long tunic thing that felt to me like it could be in that world. Um, and I did sort of focus on trying to do more with my body and less with my facial expressions. But, you know, because you can you could see my face, um, I definitely communicated that way to an extent and uh it was it was remarkably low-key considering what i now know the project is nice. <laughs> so yeah. it was me in a room with a casting assistant and um i knew it had something to do with star wars i wasn't entirely sure you know oh i didn't have God, a frame of reference because we've never had a star wars like live action series before so yeah um it's a big deal i just wasn't quite sure and i had very very little information about it so i kind of just had to go back to like being a five-year-old and right. build everything from my <laughs> imagination oh which it was fun so when they so when you got it did you hear first, like, you got the role, and then they informed you what it was? Or did you hear what it was, and then, like, by when the way, we're going? Yeah, because <laughs> my brain would explode if I found out that I was playing a Mandalorian in a Star Wars thing, and I had no clue that I even auditioned for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I still, even when I found out I got it, I was like, okay, great, what did I get? It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That's awesome. It was bizarre. I, I first started to realize yeah. what it was when I went in for my first, um, <laughs> when I went into Legacy Effects and they started to build my costume because they had to do a, a cast of my torso um, and they showed me sketches of what the armor was going to look like and I, I mean, my jaw just dropped and I'm so sure cool. I, so awesome. so cool. I just felt gibberish <laughs> for a while because it looked so cool. Now, how was it wearing the armor? Um, you know, it's pretty comfy. It's oh, not right. so bad. It's good to know. It's uh, it it you can't see much out of the helmet. Um, it did not help that it, it's like a tinted visor, and of course I was in a very dark room the whole time. Uh -huh. uh, the armor doesn't have a lot of bright lights going on in there, um, and so it definitely helps that I was trying to be very simple with my movement because it was really easy to just run into things. And it's really easy for those of us uh, who are dressed as Mandalorians to run into each other, we found out. And um, I really hope at some point that they release a, a bloopers reel because there was <laughs> <That's> <laughs> an idiot. That would be awesome. We I'm, just, I'm just imagining all these like badass Mandalorians just like bouncing off each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Like that scene, you know, where the fight breaks out and everyone's all tough, like... When we were, you know, trying to get in, get in place and get everyone situated, we just kept bonking helmets and running into things. And it's, <laughs> it's not always dignified to be a Mandalorian, it turns out. <laughs> so, speaking of the fight, um, how much of that fight did you get to do versus what you did with me, with your stunt performer? Oh man, I I wanted to do that fight so badly. <laughs> um, 
and I, I talked to Ryan, our fight coordinator, and I was like, what do I need? It was like three weeks away from when we were shooting that. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And he said, that's so lovely <laughs> that you want to do it. He was like, but there's no way you, in three weeks. Because I've never trained as a, um, a martial arts fighter. And oh, wow. a lot of the fights used um, a martial art called Kali. Yeah. Cause... So he said, we can't, you know, we just don't have the time to use you for the whole fight. But, you know, do what you can and we'll, we'll use you, like, for transitions and for the beginning and the end. So... I did for like three weeks train with somebody. Um, it was just, I mean, I, I think it's the coolest thing to get to, to learn something new when you're playing a character. And I've always wanted to like be an action hero or something where I could like do super intense training and learn all this new stuff and then put it to good use and then, you know, not really have to worry about it. So did, um, you, get, did you get to do any blacksmithing or anything like that to kind of prepare you? I did. Yeah, I did learn a little bit about That's that. That's awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got to pick up all sorts of new skills as the armorer. Hell yeah. So what are your thoughts? And when I you appreciated s- that, that they, you know, that they took the time to, to to let me try to, you know, be as close to the character as possible instead of just saying, like, ah, oh, we'll get somebody else to do this stuff. Don't worry about it. I was wondering how Baby Yoda looks in person. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's the child. It's so stupid because you know that that it's a, a puppet, you know, it's a robot. <laughs> hey, he's it a person, matter. too. <laughs> it, it just reduces everyone to complete idiocy. <laughs> and he was adorable. Aww. And I'm so glad they went the... The practical route. Practical route, yes. Yeah. They could have went the CG yeah. route, but you can't, you know... You know, I, you see this cute little, you know, puppet, and, you know, it's, it's easier to react to, I imagine, yeah? Yeah. I mean, they did, though, they, they weren't sure while we were shooting um, whether they were going to use the puppet itself or do CGI. So every scene that we shot with with uh, with the puppet, we also shot with a clean plate so that they could CGI it in later if they wanted to. Hmm. Um, cool. And I'm so glad that they decided to do the puppet because I, I feel like that also, it harkens back to those original movies where, like, you yes. know it's a puppet, you know it's not real, but there's something that feels realer about that. Yeah. If you just had this it's animation in there. Yeah. That's a very good point. So you're working with an amazing cast. What's it like working with the likes of Pedro Pascal? And, yeah. Oh, my God. Other names? It like, was... Taika Waititi. <laughs> Carl Weathers. Yeah. I know. Um, it was a dream. I mean, it really, John just created such an incredible atmosphere on set. Um, he's, he's such, I mean, you already know that he's smart and creative and brilliant, but he's also just the nicest, most generous, gracious guy. And he's, he is unceasingly interested in other people. He's always interested in what people are bringing to the table. And, um, and you could feel that on set. It just felt so collaborative. Everyone's ideas were welcome. And you felt like every, all the other actors were coming there just ready to play and ready to work hard. And I feel like we all sort of had this, like, giddy jitter underneath just because, you know, we're, we're, we're going to work to play Star Wars. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> that's yeah. It's like what I did pretty much every day when I was in third grade. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. that's so odd to me because, like, you know, people are so intense about the Star Wars material. You'd assume that they'd be a little bit more tight-fisted about, 
you know, portrayal and whatever, it blows my mind that they give you guys like open access and you're allowed to create yeah. your character and it's collaborative. Yeah. I, I do have a question. You're you're Whoa! Oh no. Oh, it's my fault, man. She got bored. Yep. Hopefully she'll, Hopefully come, she'll back. come back. Hopefully she comes back. We lost her. Because we didn't get her to say this is the way yet. Yeah. Oh, I know. We got to get her to say that. Good, that's got to be the closing. You, you, you know what I was yeah. going to ask there anyone about? you can contact about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully she'll just call back and yeah. then we'll yeah. figure out exactly. I was going to ask about She's also attached to Castlevania. She is. That's right. Let's, so let's get all the we'll, Mandalorian talk. First. We'll get the, all the Mandalorian talk first. Right. But then we'll jump on. Yeah. Whenever you guys are finished up, point at me, and I oh, want to jump to Castlevania because they got a new season coming out. Right. And and like talk about like all time, just like franchises. These like yeah, the, if, she's if, killing if, it. If there's a fan base that can rival Star Wars, like Castlevania, in that could fucking do right? it. It takes you back to. Oh, you, think, you think Castlevania fan base rivals Star Wars? Our generation. Not, I mean. <laughs> It's all Martin's fault. Yeah, I want yeah. to apologize, Emily. That's, that's Martin Lopez. My question is the boring one that made you hang up. You want to ask it again, Martin? <laughs> no, we're going to move on. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, I didn't you know, hear the entire question. That was my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a cliffhanger for me. So, what was your question? I was just saying it, it was amazing that, you know, as... As much as everyone cares about the Star Wars universe, I would have assumed that they were really tight-fisted about like content and portrayal, and you know the way you describe set that everything is collaborative and that ideas were welcome. That's I mean, is both refreshing and you know it's just not what I have expected to to have hear about what a set was going to be like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, I it, mean, I know that you say that. I guess that makes sense. I think though. John was very clear in communicating the overall vision, and my understanding of how he worked with the directors is um, that they all got together and everyone was well-versed in each other's episodes and what the overall arc of the season was, and everyone knew what the feel was supposed to be, but then he, he brought on these individual directors who are so uniquely talented because he appreciates their unique talents. And, yeah. Um, from what I observed and then what I heard from, from the directors that I didn't work with is that he really encouraged them to, to bring their own style to the show. And I, I, think that, I think that he just did such a good job of communicating what the, the greater story was and what the feel of it was. Um, and I think because he was so appreciative of, of what everyone was bringing, it, w- it made everyone happy to um, stay on the same page and to make sure that we were all all telling the same story. Um, I don't know. Maybe we were just absurdly lucky that it turned out that yeah, way. But it yeah. didn't. It didn't feel like there was a lot of like, no, this has to look like this, or this must be this way. There was just a lot of curiosity and, and willingness to to try things. Yeah, I've heard that about John John Favreau too. Like when he made the first Iron Man movie, it was a lot of that same kind of um, collaborative, just kind collaborative of collaborative and almost yeah. ad lib aspect to it. So that yeah. makes total sense what you're saying there. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, I feel like he's probably always the smartest person in the room, but you, <clears throat> he he does nothing to. Um, to try to promote that he's just so interested in other people and he's mm-hmm. so interested in everyone else's ideas he doesn't doesn't need to like take up space yes. also cool. another great film about an armored guy maybe he's got a secret fetish that's being played <laughs> out everybody's got to be armored we got to have armored yeah. people on screen yeah <laughs> i can imagine i know right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can imagine John's probably on set every day, even though, you know, as the writer, producer, and let the directors handle it, I'm sure, it was was John on hand every day, on set, almost? He was, I mean, the days that I worked, um, he was there all the time, yeah, and I think that that also 
was helpful in kind of unifying each episode so that it fit into the overall arc. And he was Love there it. for questions and there for people to bounce ideas off of. Um, yeah, and that was incredibly helpful. Wow. And also having Dave Filoni there was so, I mean, he's like our encyclopedia. Yes. yes. Mandalorian lore. And yes. So anything that we were questioning. God bless Dave. We could just go to him and he would be like, yep, that's accurate. Or, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. He knows all the Star Wars novels, the comic books, all the iterations of Star Wars, what's what's canon. I mean, he, he yeah, that that's definitely a blessing to have him on set, for sure, and involved with The Mandalorian as well. That's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have they talked about any expansion with The Mandalorian in any future films or other iterations of Star Wars? Um, not that I know of. I mean, there's always speculation, and I'll see things online, and I'll go, huh, I wonder if that's true, because... <laughs> I know, love that you don't I, know I either. I love that you don't know, know either. <laughs> well, yeah. I saw you were with our buddy, uh, Mike Leota, from uh, uh, our our friend of, of who's got a great PR company, uh, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw you guys were at the Rise of Skywalker uh, red carpet premiere. How was that experience? Yes. That was, I mean, it was just dumb luck that I showed up there at the same time as Chewbacca. And, <laughs> it, like, I could have just gone home then. My, I was, I was content. It was incredible. Getting to walk the red carpet with Chewie was, like, right? that's all I need in life. Yeah. Um, and then it was just, I mean, man, that, that, it was so exciting to see the movie that way, to see it in a theater full of people who love Star Wars. And, right. Um, you know, the cast was there and a lot of the crew and um, Steven Spielberg was there. And it was just, it was so much fun. And to hear the audience, you know, gasp and laugh and cry. It was, there's just nothing like it. I love it. I love That's it. Awesome. It seemed they, they've uh, welcomed the Mandalorian family into the, the main Star Wars fold. Yeah, yeah really as they that. as that they nice. should. Yeah, right. Does it does yeah. it change your perspective of the other films? Because like these are all things that like we grew up with, right? And everybody has their own nostalgic connection to Star Wars. Now that you're a part of the universe, does it make you look at the other films differently? It does, I guess, because it um, it just makes me, you know, I I I did not know the depth and breadth of the. Star Wars universe until I started working on this and had to kind of, you know, research like where this was in the canon and I have to be honest, like I was familiar with the movies, but I and I knew a little bit about the the animated series, but I'd never read the novels but, and then I started doing research for The Mandalorian and I was just blown away at how much information there is. So it <laughs> oh, it's out there. <laughs> about those original movies just in that now when I watch I'm thinking about all the other um, all the other stories that are connected and all the other characters that that are connected to other parts of the Star Wars universe and uh, and it, it just feels like a, a never-ending rabbit hole that is that is pretty pretty darn fun. Yeah, now you're looking for Easter eggs in your own yeah. your own universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we uh, now I can't just sit and watch. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Oh, but I bet that oh, but uh -huh. else. <laughs> so we mentioned uh, when you hung up on me. That you're also part of another <laughs> giant fan base series. You're attached to Castlevania. Yes, I am. You want to give us? You want to give us any things to watch out for in the upcoming season? Um. Well, once again, I don't know a lot except the things that I'm a part of. Um. And it it is 
you know, when I, when I first did it uh, in the first season, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to be involved because I died in the first episode. <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler right. alert. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, the parts of it that I'm involved in for this last season are surprisingly sweet, I think, uh, given the tone of the, the show overall. Yeah, I thought that show was amazing. Yeah. I was not prepared for how I was good Castlevania was. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, maybe I you're like the you're that. just you're the linking factor. Anything you show up in is just phenomenal. Oh man. We have scripts for you yeah, to read. Is what we're say, saying. Please, please, like, just say that over and over as many times as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Possibly employ me. Here's it. Yeah. We also had a question. Uh, Castlevania fans, Lord, they're they're crazy as well. Are they at the level of Star Wars crazy, or is there just no touching the Star Wars crazy level of fans? There's, there's no touching. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah, yeah we, it was, it was ass and a compliment. It's a good crazy. We are those guys. Don't worry about it. We are, we are that demographic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, Emily, we, sh- we, we got to mention SEAL Team. Um, you're in the current season. I am, yes. Yes. Tell us uh, what we can expect uh, of... I guess of this current season of SEAL Team, you're playing Natalie. Yeah, um, yeah, something completely different. Although, um, I can't help but notice parallels between Natalie, the character I play there, and uh, and the armorer, because uh, both of them are women who are pretty much surrounded by guys. Um, there you go. And who are very comfortable with that. And I like that, that Natalie can hold her own with these rough-and-tumble SEALs. And, and she's also somebody who does not need to be forceful in her authority. She's got she's got some finesse in how she handles them, which I think is important. Um, and uh, now she has gotten involved with uh, David Boreanaz's character, Jason, which, you know, is, is always always a good idea to get involved with somebody that you're working with um, who also, you know, goes off on secret missions that he can't tell you about. That's a great relationship. So, oh, yeah. The armor and the angel. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Buffy fan um, here. <laughs> yeah. But that is just another, that cast is so great to work with, and I'm having a good time on that. I love it. I love it. And, of course, you uh, did some work in the Supernatural's final season. My gosh, that, that how long has that Can't uh, we, show gone? 20 years, man. 15 seasons. 15 seasons. Yeah. You're a part of the final season. What was it like to be yeah. a part of that? Just that that franchise. I mean, that long running franchise that has a, another big fan base, like you're alluding to. Yeah, yeah. That's a well, link, and that man. was my first experience with a really, really passionate fan base. Um, and it's just been it's it's more fun than I ever would have expected. I was the villain of season eleven, and uh, and that was tremendously satisfying because it's always fun to be the bad guy. <laughs> and yeah. I got so excited when I found out they were going to bring me back in the last season because. I don't know, just, I was I was talking about it with Rob Benedict, who plays Chuck, and who is my brother um, on the show, and we were saying how cool it is just to feel like a relevant part of this story after, you know, 15 seasons that they want to bring us back for these last episodes, and it's, uh, it's been very bittersweet working on it. I mean, Aww. everyone's aware that the, the end is nigh, but I also feel like um, it was a good time to end. I think... I'm glad that they did it with intention and that they didn't just wait for it to peter out. And uh, I know the writers are doing their their darndest to try to come yeah. up with a satisfying ending, but that's probably 15 impossible. is a good run, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
And being able to end something on your own terms. Yeah. I hope the Mandalorian Absolutely. goes 15. <laughs> yes, that'd be nice. I do. I mean, hey, come on. It's only eight episodes a season. It should be easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to get to the black lightsaber. That's what we need to get to. Yes. And I got that's, yeah. I, I had to ask. Have you seen a prototype of this thing? Has it been mentioned? <laughs> the dark Because the Mandalorians have the you know, black lightsaber. I, I discovered it at the same time everybody else did. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. I so, mean, I know that, that it was, I read that script, but it, maybe it just wasn't described that way or something. But okay. when he, oh my gosh, when he sliced through that, that capsule with that thing, I yeah. just screamed. There's Gus only Gus one. Gus from Breaking Bad. There's yeah. only one. <laughs> he uses that. Well, and I have to alone. tell you, I, he, this, my experience of working on it, too, was that um, I kind of learned who was in it either in press releases or when I got to set and I saw someone else's name on a dressing room door because, um, you know, they were just so secretive. So I saw Giancarlo's name on the door and I got so excited. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I never wound up working with him. So, um, but I was like, okay, I know he's in it. I know that I'm in the same show <laughs> as Gus. <laughs> Well, well, season two. <laughs> I guess season we'll see. two, God, man. We will see what happens. Yeah. Emily, we're excited. I know you can't say much about season two because all of us are, are I have huge. so many questions that I know I'm not we're allowed to ask. We're such huge fans so of the show. We're, we're <laughs> huge fans of yours, and we, we really appreciate you calling into Below the Belt show. Yes, thank you uh, so much. To talk much. to us, oh, Star favorite. Wars fans here. I have I have a request. Uh-oh, here we go. Okay. Um, if you could so please say this is the way. Oh, maybe in the in the promo. In the promo? Yes. Yes, in the promo. So we're going to do a promo at the that. end, Emily. If you could just uh, okay. say who you are, um, your character from The Mandalorian, you're on Below the Belt show, and at the end... If you want to lay that on yeah, us. Yeah, uh, throw out the catchphrase. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. All right. Go for it. Hi. It now? Yep. <laughs> All right. Hi, this is Emily Swallow. I play the armorer in The Mandalorian, and I am on the Below the Belt show. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Yes, we cannot wait for October 2020. Is that right? October, October 2020. 2020, yes. The premiere so of close. season two so of excited. The Mandalorian. Are you all done filming for season um, two? Uh, or you okay. can't say? Never mind. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't tell her. We don't, don't want to get you fired. Oh, she can't even say if she's yeah. in season two. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Don't bother. Nothing Never but mind. secrets. We love you. Secrets. We, we love you. Interview. You have a good she night. She can't say anything. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> awesome. Emily, thanks so much for calling in to BTB. This was amazing. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Sorry that uh, we had that disconnect. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. It was the, uh, it was the dark Again, side of the force. Entirely my fault. It's my bad. <laughs> and you called back, so it's good. But thank you so much. Right. Have a good night, Emily. Thank you. you guys have a good night. Right. Bye-bye.